Welcome to Medieval, and thanks for joining us. Last time, I covered a bit of the early history of the Franks and France's great ancestor, King Merovech. Although the Franks had a notable presence in northern Gaul by the mid-4th century, a new phase of conquest was started in the late 5th and early 6th centuries, and it was initiated mainly by King Clovis. The capital of the Salon Franks at the time was Tournai in southern Belgium. The Frankish kingdom was only united during short periods, and Clovis was important because he ruled during one of these times. He established the first major barbarian kingdom north of the Alps. In about 481, Clovis became king at the age of 15 years old. He was the son of King Childeric and Queen Bassina, and was pagan like his father. We don't know what Clovis's real name would have been, because all we have is the Latin translation. There are a few guesses at what it would have sounded like in the language of the Franks. The Frankish kingdom had originated in northern France and Belgium, but Clovis expanded it south and west, quickly asserting his authority over all the Franks from the Somme to the Loire rivers. Clovis founded the region's land divisions, politics, and religious practices. Clovis married a Burgundian princess called Clotilda, who was a Roman Catholic. However, he must have had a previous wife, because he already had a son called Theoderic before marrying Clotilda. In 486, Clovis managed to capture the final remaining Roman territories of Gaul, which were held by Sigrius. The Roman province of Belgica Secunda was included in his realm. The Frankish kingdom was expanded and gradually conquered new territories, either by forcing its enemies to surrender by intimidation, destroying them in battle, or engaging in peaceful negotiations. At around the turn of the 6th century, the king defeated the Alamanni in a decisive battle. The defeat of this tribe allowed him to add large territories to his kingdom. He accredited the victory to Jesus Christ, who he believed to have helped him become the victor. It may be at this time that Clovis converted to Christianity. There were several arguments between Clovis and his wife, the latter trying to persuade him to convert to Christianity. The histories of the Gallo-Roman historian Gregory of Tours contains an account of one such argument. She tried unceasingly to persuade her husband, saying, The gods you worship are nothing, and they will be unable to help themselves or anyone else, for they are graven out of stone or wood or some metal, and the names you have given them are names of men and not of gods. Gregory of Tours wrote a lot about Clovis in his History of the Franks, a publication which appeared several decades after the death of Clovis. Clovis was often seen as a liberator for the Germanic Catholics of Western Europe for defending them against the Visigoths who practice Arian Christianity. 
In contrast, recent research suggests that Clovis was probably quite sympathetic to the Arian Christians and may have almost converted to it but chose Roman Catholicism instead. What followed was a mass baptism in which Clovis and several thousands of his soldiers were baptized by the bishop in Rhymes. Christianity was a useful asset for Clovis because it allowed him to gain the loyalty of all the Frankish people. He was the first major Catholic king and the last of the pagan kings. In about the year 500 AD, he defeated the kingdom of the Burgundians and took some of their land. Clovis was the most important Western ally of the Eastern Byzantine Emperor Anastasius I, and he believed it was important and necessary to maintain many of the Roman institutions and laws. The time of Clovis's reign is most likely responsible for the Pactus Legis Silesia, or the Law of the Salent Franks, comprising Roman and Christian laws and several royal edicts. By the year 507, Clovis had completed his final conquest when he captured Aquitaine from the Visigoths. He fought a battle against the Visigoths under their leader Alaric II at Vu-Il in 507, which resulted in a decisive victory for the Franks and the death of Alaric. Clovis waged war against the Visigoths for primarily religious reasons, pushing them back into Spain and even occupying a slice of land in the north of Spain. After defeating the Visigoths, Clovis returned to Tours and was presented a purple consular robe by the Eastern Emperor Anastasius. Clovis then proceeded to choose Paris as the capital of his realm, ruling and administering it from there. These were the origins of Paris's role as the capital of France, and by the time 509 had rolled around, he had almost fully united the Salian and Ripurian Franks and fought against several minor Frankish kings. Under Clovis, the Franks became the dominant force in Western Europe. Unfortunately, King Clovis died at what was probably the height of his life in either 511 or 513. Historians debate the date. Deceasing in Paris, supposedly, his kingdom was thereafter divided between his four sons. He left his kingdom as a mix of a variety of different ethnic groups, including Romans and Germanic peoples. Today's episode is thanks to Michael Hodge, a loyal backer on Patreon. From the 1st to 30th of June, all Patreons pledging $5 or more will be personally mailed a collection of Templar Knight figurines and a handwritten postcard from me. The link to claim your rewards is in the description. Please consider pledging to help us explore new opportunities in this endeavor. This past week, the Medieval Podcast team has been working on a bunch of new special episodes, including a four-part series on Arundel Castle in an episode about early Byzantine art. A little secret, when these episodes go live, you'll also have the chance to hear a new co-host of the show. Should you have any questions you'd like me to answer about this episode or any previous ones, please email them to medievalpodcast at outlook.com or contact me through my website. That's it for today, but I'll see you soon for more episodes of Medieval. Thanks for listening. Music